0: We just finished up our Clear the Clutter series and with in honor of that this last weekend I spent clearing out my garage, my house, um, and kind of just getting things out that no longer have a purpose and no longer serve and no longer are part of this, you know, the life that I, I have now. You know what I'm talking about. Those jeans that just don't fit, and the shirt that you wore when you went into work every day, but now that you don't, you don't really have a purpose for it. Those kind of things. And today we're going to dive into what's next. Kind of what is the next step after we clear the clutter? How do we keep it from building up again? Well, I can't wait to share with you what I do at those early stages because it's so important that after we clear it we really get intentional so here we go hi friend i am so excited that you're here to check out her restored spirit podcast if you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited maybe it's a divorce loss of a spouse or even a child loss of a job whatever it is i know there is restoration in your future i'm a widowed mom and i remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration. Unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hey, it's Tammy again from Her Restored Spirit Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And today,
1: so we we wrapped up the well, mostly wrapped up, the idea of clearing the clutter. And I hope that you took time to just decide what clutter you have in your mind in your in your house in your um in your life clutter things that are blocking you from getting being doing enjoying life and for me it's it's a continual process because things start to creep in things start to bleed into my life things that i I don't choose things that I um, maybe chose once, but didn't realize that I was choosing it for the rest of my life. Um, you know, things happen where it's you you stop looking at junk mail for a week, and then all of a sudden you have a pile of it. Like that's the kind of thing. Like you just you let it slip a little bit. So it's a journey, and it's one of those things. It's giving yourself time, um, whether it's weekly, daily, quarterly, yearly, to clear the clutter of your life is so beneficial. And then the after you do that, you feel fresh, you feel good, you're like, okay, I cleared the crap. Now what? How do I not build it again? How do I use this time and this margin and this um, this new feeling, this feel this free feeling? How do I use that now? And maybe for some of you, um, it's a feeling you've never had before—that freeing that space, that mental space, that physical space—and some of you just it hasn't been a while. It's been a while for me. It's been a while. I've had it before. I, I, um, in fact, I move every couple of years, and so with that, it comes a natural time to really clear the clutter. Um, and with that, that's not just physical it's when you move, you are going through all the areas because you are, um, your schedule clears because once you move to a new place, it's completely open. Um, Your kids events, because you have to get them in, you know, new teams, new church, new school, new, you know, all those things. So there's been a natural tendencies for me, but I realized this is the first time in my entire life so, those of you who know my story, I grew up in the military and grow- we moved every at the most three years, except for one time in high school. Um, my dad got was able to stay for the fourth year for my senior year so I could graduate uh, with my peers, with my friends. And um, but that's the only time growing up that we lived anywhere for longer than three years. And it could be as short as just a couple of months. So with that, you know, some of you I know are thinking like instantly that panic of that's overwhelming. For me, that's how I grew up. So that's what was easy. That is my normal pattern. And that's kind of how the rhythm of my life has gone. It's been like in three-year rhythms. And I'm discovering now how that three-year rhythm is no longer serving me because I, um, I just crossed over the four-year mark of here in Oklahoma and the three-year mark of living in my house. And I'm like, okay, so how do civilians clean out their closets? How do we clear the clutter? Because the natural tendency is to start packing things up, going through, slowing down, you know, removing things that are no longer going to be part of my life. Um, and even relationships change because they change from that physical person to person to now online and phone call. And, um, you know, we don't have coffee dates because we live hundreds of miles away. Um, so things like everything changes. But this is the first time in my life, God has not told me to move. In fact, he's told me to dig in roots, which for some of you who I just love listening to stories of, yeah, I live in the same town my entire life. And it fascinates me, it terrifies me at the same time, because I've never done that. So that's a, well, that's an example of how situations are completely neutral, how it's what we make, it's the meaning we give it, the thoughts we have about it that create that feeling. But back to my decluttering story is what now? Because I'm telling you, like you, and you're like, okay, how do you have time to pack up your whole house? Well, it's because you systematically remove things in your life, and that's you know, you have the timeline. You know when the moving truck's coming, you got to get it done, and you know one night, the night before is not going to be enough. Um, and I've done it enough to where I kind of got a system. I know which way where, where to start and what needs to go last. But the reason why I'm able to do it is because I I clear. Pockets of time, I, chunks of time, I remove myself from so many things. That's not really an option here, right? In this situation, I can't stop working. I'm not quitting my job as well. I love it too much, and also it's my own business, and I take it with me. So I, um, I have things there that are consistent that I do. Okay, so I still have to keep those things up. Cleaning the closet, like it takes a while. It takes a while. And, um, and I'm not, I have friends who are in that one, every season they declutter their closets and I'm focusing on closets because it's a small thing that we all have. And, um, very few people I've I've ever run into that have immaculately organized closets. And even they are like, Oh, I need to get rid of things. It's time, you know, so it's a, it's a shared thing. So know that I'm going to make this a bigger deal but it's just to prove my point of life doesn't slow down, so you can clear the clutter. By removing time and things, then I was able to, okay, and as I touched it, packed it, move it on, and then I'm done with it. Then I get to do it again when I when I unpack and then put everything where I want it to go, I look through it again and decide. So there's two chances in a short amount of time to declutter. And well... Now, I mean, like I said, work doesn't stop. School, the kids are in the same school. We homeschool, um, though. We have is a school year similar to the public school, and we have time off, and we have this. It's a second to take care of the dog. Sorry about that. Um, you know the joys of having the dog and living in on land where there's like different critters. So back, what I was saying about the the closet is. I was able to make time to do that. Now things have shifted to where I don't have set aside time. And that's why I was like, why in the world? How, how do civilians have time to clean their declutter their house? And I had various answers of, oh, well, we just don't. And oh no, you have to, you know, monthly we have a day. Um, and then there's uh, those who are like, yeah, every year we just, you know, a little bit. And then um, we take a day. Then there's the other step, just a little bit each time. You know, there's different ways, but I'm like, by my point here is time does not stop, life does not stop for you to declutter. There is never a good time. It is going to, and you have to make it a priority. You have to make it to decide that it's important enough for you to do it. And that's the same with decluttering your mind. I I don't know how many times I'm like, oh, I should journal about this but then I don't, I should, I should, I could. And then I don't make the time, which tells my schedule, tells my mind that, Oh, if it's not on the schedule, it's not actually important to you. When I know that taking the time to really look at the season and what is, um, one of the big things I do is I, I, that matters to me is what gives me energy, what steals my energy this season, because I think I've talked about it before where softball season, spring season, we are so busy going from place to place. Um, cooking does not bring me, does not bring me energy. It steals every ounce of energy that I have left. And I still value good quality meals. I still value sitting around the table. I still value my values don't change, but the the energy level of it does so I look so I give myself the grace of changing it that's a whole nother podcast but for right now my point is is that we have to look we have to give ourselves that margin that space to declutter our mind and so now we, if we once we've done that and what I want to talk about today is what after what do we do after how do we take it and grow with it? How do we enjoy that process? So that way our brain wants to do it again. And this is where mindfulness comes in. I know that mindfulness is a buzzword thrown around like crazy. And what's really kills me is that how many people teach it in ways that don't align with the way our brain works. If they don't teach it in a way that's actually helpful, um, because Forcing yourself to just be quiet. I've tried that, it doesn't work. Just just be quiet, just sit. Well, I do that, and my brain goes to my to-do list, and my brain goes to the list of things that I haven't done, and the all of all of a sudden I quiet my brain, and it gets very loud with all the things that I've been pushing down. And then it makes me anxious and feel sometimes guilty or overwhelmed. So that doesn't calm me. And I know from just talking to some of you that that's your issue too, is that and it may not be the same thing that comes into your, ma- your mind, but there's still that if, I co- if I'm trying to focus on nothing, so many things distract me. So what can we do? How can we be mindful? The first step is actually recognize what it is, is having your mind full of where you are in the moment. The more you are experiencing the present moment where your feet are not focused on what's coming next, not focusing on what you just went through, not focusing on the next task, next appointment, next um, activity, next anything, just be where you are. And the good thing about this is it could be anywhere. If you're at your kid's soccer game, be at your kid's soccer game. If you are, and and ways to help that process of being present is really to re to connect your five senses. And this is something that I like intentionally do when I'm trying to be mindful because I am so like, uh, so I'm so guilty at the, if I'm not where I am, I'm always on the next step which causes more problems. And, um, and actually that is a, that's something that I can talk about here soon too. Um, what always thinking of the next step can do, like, why is that not uh, mindful? And, um, but the way that we can be right where we are is to actually go through the five senses. So let's say you're at a soccer field, football field, um, basketball court, um, art class, you're watching a play, you're at church, you're with a friend in coffee. you're um, watching a movie with your with your friends with your kids. you are um, at the dinner table, you are game night. whatever activity it is, whatever activity it is, you can be in that present moment. A sc- like a school meet the teacher thing. like whatever. it's anything. Engage your five senses. Your first sense connected to your brain is your sight, which is why it's the strongest. So what do you see? Be intentional, name five things you see. What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you taste? What do you touch? Feel the ground on your feet. Is it, is there dew? Is it cold? Is it hot? Is it warm? Is it rainy? Is it cloudy? Is it like, what, how does the atmosphere, is it humid? The more senses you bring into the experience, the more mindful and the more grounded you are in the moment. So that is something, even when you're driving, you can be mindful. And that helps your mind focus on the present moment. The other thing is carry a notebook with you. When I think of the things that I need to get done, I will just jot them down. I have a, I always have a journal in my purse and a journal, not just a, I would say it's more like um, bullet journal kind of thing versus a like just Dear Diary kind of journal, um, a bullet journal. I love bullet journals. But you you want to make sure that you are, you know, get those things out of your mind. Because when you release those, when you write that to-do list, when you write the things that, oh, like today. I have to buy an Epic pass for my son. I have to do it today because tomorrow the price goes up and I was doing something and immediately I'm like, Oh, buy Epic pass. If I don't write that down, that's the only thing I'm going to focus on. That's when I reviewed my, my notes for this podcast. And that's the one thing that I was like, well, I can't do that. Well, this is my window to record the podcast. I need to record the podcast. I can do the Epic pass right after. That's it. But by writing it down, it gave me that freedom to know, okay, it can be taken care of. I won't need to remember it. I have it written down. Now let's go back to my five senses. Let's go back to the present moment. And that's our brain is going to do that. It's a gift and a curse. Like some things I think of the random things that I need to do. So I'm like, oh, I almost forgot that if I didn't have that. If, and and. That's the other, that's the gift of the more mindful you are and you bring in the senses, your mind will bring like, because it's connected somehow, some kind of trigger. It's like, oh, you need to buy Aunt Susie a gift. Like, oh, your brain will do that. So be intentional about where you are in the moment. That is one of the best ways to be mindful. And with that, I'm sure that this is already longer than I had planned to be, but I just wanted to talk more um, and I'll talk more about other things you can do to be mindful and what mindful, how to use your brain, how to engage your brain, how to work with your brain instead of against it. Because willpower and just telling yourself, oh, just be this, just do this. If we could do that, it would have already been done. We would not be fighting it. We would not be revisiting. We would not feel guilty because we say it over and over. We wouldn't be tired of hearing ourselves think or hear ourselves talk or complain. I get tired of hearing myself complain. And then I remind myself that I'm actually, the reason why is because I haven't actually been doing stuff with my brain. I've been working directly against it. I've been trying to do willpower and motivation and force myself to do something that my brain didn't believe. But the more we are in our current moment and, and sometimes it's just as easy as deciding that whatever I'm doing is the most important thing right now. If it's work, be at work, because the more you focus on that, the brain, like shifting it to home. And I wish I was at home. I wish I was with my kids. That is actually reducing your productivity. And then that means it takes longer to get your work done, which means in turn you have less time with your family because you're um, because you have to stay at work to work it out and get it done. Or there's things that on your list that you wanted to achieve, and now that you're home, all you're thinking about is work and how you didn't get those things done. And if you get into that rut of when you're at work, you're thinking of at home. When you're at home, you're thinking of work, um, and and heaven forbid you start thinking of the, the ways that you need to take care of yourself or your family those are just ways those are blocks we put that are blocks that are happening to keep us from being intentional keep us from being mindful keeping us because when we do that it's it kind of it keeps us from growing it keeps us from achieving what we want because then there's that fear of well you're never doing enough Help yourself, be kind to yourself, write down. If you're thinking, okay, while you're at work, oh, I really wanted, you know, my daughter really wanted her nails painted. Okay, let me write that down. I'm a huge proponent of writing these things down. Like keep a journal with you. Even if it's just a, a, even if it's on your phone, like if that's what you look at all the time, put it on your phone, but that way it's there. Revisit it. Make sure it's a place where you revisit. Otherwise, you'll train your brain. It doesn't matter if you write it down or not. But then say, okay, when I get this done, when I get this podcast recorded, then I get to go and buy the Epic pass. Then I get to go and paint my daughter's nails. Then I get to go and sit at the, at the basketball game and sit and really watch her and enjoy just the amazing girl in, that she's becoming to see her grow in her, in her passion and things that she loves, to see her thrive. And then I won't miss it because I'm right where I need to be. I, I, I didn't mean to go into this. And so maybe sometime I'll, I'll gather my notes and all the reasons why we go the, the purpose for that. But when we do that, we lose the productivity. We lose like 65% of productivity when we task shift. And, which is crazy to me, that means that 65% of the energy is now just like lifting away, fluttering away, um, and not actually accomplishing anything, which means that 35% of of your work is now going to be accomplished. And that is not what gets us a fulfilled life. There are times that we look at our to-do list and are like, that's not even aligned with my priorities. Why is it on there? And we can remove it. That's also part of mindfulness. Is when you start to really be in the moment and and you see how valuable your time is, you get to decide what is, what stays on and what goes. You'll see that, well, oh wow, maybe spending a day, a month cleaning out my closet is not the best use of my time. If I do it once a quarter or with the season and I just intentionally take all the summer stuff down and put it, put it up and take the fall stuff, and put it down, and um, and have a plan, then I get to enjoy that, the satisfaction of doing it, the reward, and the benefits of pre-planning, deciding in advance, be preemptively strategizing, and then the actual doing it, and then knowing that I have I have the ability to be right where I am, whatever it is. Today, it's at a birthday party. I'm gonna go, and there's a million things I can do. I have, I have some really exciting things that um, directions that I want to go with my business. Um, so there's a like this uh, this whole idea is forming in my mind uh, from identity and realizing that this question that we keep asking ourselves of who are we, what now. Who am I now because of these circumstances, these hardships, these transitions in life, not even all of it. It's even with um, becoming, walking into being an empty nester, which that's not me. Um, I've still got several years, but a lot of my friends and I'm watching that transition and I'm seeing the struggle and I'm just like, I know, I know how the brain can embrace that. I know that the privilege that... The, the privilege of, instead of who am I now, it's like, who do I get to be now? What role do I have? Where is the freedom in that? And how can I be the best that I can be? How can I step in and continue to grow? And still, the, as that as that shifts, and you're still the same person at the core, but you get that privilege of adding those new adventures. So there's some exciting things. All these things that I want to just, I want time. And it takes time to just sit and brainstorm and just, and create. But today is about cleaning the garage after I go to a birthday party. And so I'm going to, and I'm just looking at that as, okay, what do I, what are the benefits from cleaning out the garage? Well, that's one area where clutter builds up. When I clear that out, I feel so good. And with that, that mind, then I will be able to be mindful as I walk into the garage, get into my car and drive away. I don't have to worry about all the things that are, I'll know where everything is. And with that, I'll have more time. I won't be thinking about all the things that I need to do in the garage. And I'll have that space to give my time, give myself time to journal and to create and the freedom, the mental space to do that. I feel like the ending here was a little bit jumbled, but I hope that you get the idea that by being intentional, by being in the moment and really diving into where you are and then, you know, as you keep your notes of things that are important to you and you declutter, it gives you that freedom to be mindful, to be right where you are, to really dive in because our, our values and priorities and our identity are crucial. They're key to living a thriving life because that's the boundary of if it doesn't meet our priorities if it doesn't if we don't value it or if it's not part of my identity then i don't need it how can i set it down am i fearful am i holding on to it because i feel like i should when we make plans when we do things outside of our comfort zone and just stay right where we are and bring in those five senses, that's when the gratefulness, that's when the pleasures of life and that thriving aspect comes in because you really get to enjoy where you are. You've done the work. You've, you've gotten the reward for that because it's you can physically see it, whether it's on your calendar, in your journal, um, in your closet, in your kitchen, wherever, in your garage, which trying to motivate myself, but you get to have and enjoy the benefits of it. Then you get to choose how you use your time, how you use your mental space, what your space looks like, your physical space, and that, and that just get to be for a little while. And that's exciting. I have a workshop coming up. If you are interested more in this, the ideas of this identity and how to create And you do get to create your identity because our identity is a group of beliefs that we hold about ourselves. And the best part is those beliefs that are negative. You don't have to keep those anymore. Those beliefs that are running on autopilot, you get to remove them. So I have a workshop coming up and I cannot wait for you to join me and let's remove some of the blocks That are keeping you from understanding your beliefs and your values and your priorities, which lead to this amazing identity that you are gifted, that only you have, and that the longer you take to to figure it out, to embrace it, and to realize that it's not fighting against you, but it's something that you get to use, the harder life's going to be the longer it takes to have a thriving life and enjoy every moment of what's going on. Find that gratitude and permission to be washed in possibilities, to be that permission to have hope and opportunity and and just be. So, friend with that. I will see you next week. And I hope that you have an amazing week. And be mindful, how can you, and and practice one time, one time being in the moment, and go through your five senses, and pick out three to five things for each sense, so sometimes that smell or that feels a little different, get creative, you feel the wind on your fingertips. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it cold? Is it warm? Is it sticky? But embrace that and just be where you are with that time is joy. Until joy, too.